Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Bruce. When you look at this roster, when you look at these guys in practice, are you surprised that you're not better than 7-5 and five right now? Yes and no. I think defensively, I would, I would hope we've been, we, we've had our chances to be better. Um, offensively, it was going to be a work in progress all season. I thought our kicking game has been outstanding for us, uh, which was a problem in the first game only. And I see, I've seen us get better throughout the season. And uh, yeah, we just got to win the next one and, and stay in this playoff hunt. And everybody tried to hand us the Lombardi Trophy in, in August. You, know, you just don't throw guys out there with names. You got to practice. You got to learn to get in sync with each other. Uh, that, that takes time. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkapoli. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25, 20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Three points is all that separated Tampa Bay and Kansas City at the end of this one. Your final score from Tampa, 27-24. The Chiefs improve their record to 10-1. And the Buccaneers fall to 7-5 on the campaign. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 150. And, uh, you know, a a, a weird game. A lot of lows. Some highs. A game that... I don't feel like this team deserved to win. They were close to winning quite a few times. Um, but before we break all of it down, before we talk about the bad game plan, before we talk about how this team felt doomed from the start, I'd like to get the introductions out of the way. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, I am going to give you the floor. Um, You've been talking about this for weeks, and we knew leading up to this game that, yeah, Bucks are probably going to lose. After that first half, I definitely think it was going to, I didn't think it was going to end up as competitive as it was down the stretch. But I just want you to take a minute, everybody take a deep breath, and let's go over this seeding situation. The Buccaneers still need some help from some other teams if they want to secure a good playoff spot, but it's 7-5. and The ship is not entirely sinking just yet. Evan, I guess I should ask, how are you doing, actually, before you kind of calm everybody down? Doing pretty good. I wasn't sure if I, wasn't sure if I was going to get that, that question or not. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, uh, am I just going to get right into this, or how's it going to go? But, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing good. That's good. All right, so let's get, let, let's get down to business. All right, so... Uh, Actually, I'll save that for the actual game thing that I'm going to say there. But basically, they're 7-5, just like you said. And uh, two straight losses is obviously not what you want, right? This is... First time this season. They don't want to lose games, okay? That's not what I'm trying to say here. It's not okay to lose games. I'm just saying that some games are just more important than others. That's basically what I'm trying to say here. And the fact is, this Chiefs game just wasn't that important um, in terms of playoff seeding. Obviously, you want to win. Right? You, you want to beat the defending champs um, in your house uh, on national TV. Like, like You want to win. You want to win that football game. Um, but it's not the end of the world. It's uh, just because... So they're, they're sitting at 7-5. and five. And the Cardinals who were 6-4 and four and had the 7 seed. So the, the playoff seedings went like this. The three wild cards were 5 Seattle, 6 Tampa, 
and seven Arizona. Uh, Seattle is sitting at seven and three right now. They play tomorrow night. They play. We're recording this Sunday after the game. They play Monday night, and then Tampa was sitting at uh, seven and three as well. And then, oh, I'm sorry, seven and four. And then Arizona was sitting at six and four. So Arizona loses to New England on a last second field goal. So they go to six and five. And the Bucks, even with a loss, are still the sixth seed in the NFC. So they didn't change at all with a loss. Now, what would hurt them in the long run is that the Rams lost today. So if the Bucks would have won this game, they would be eight and four, and they would have leapfrogged the Rams. So they would have been back in that five spot. That that's the biggest thing. But just because they lost two games, the sky is not falling. And I got a, a tweet here. That, you know, somebody somebody said to me, and I, I was like, eh. Like, so they said, I, I basically said that the sky isn't falling. And it said, it ain't falling, but it is for sure raining. And I said, light drizzle at the most. I, the Bucks are 7-5. and five. They didn't lose any ground in their current playoff seedings. And they have four games coming up against teams they are better than. Uh, I obviously understand that they have to go out and actually play those games. It's not guaranteed W's. But they, they're better than those teams, and that's what's something they've done all year. They've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. Outside of Chicago, Chicago is the only one that they have not beaten, that they should have beaten, that they're better than. Okay, The Chiefs are better than them. The Saints are better than them. So that's three of their losses right there. And the Rams, I mean, I know the Rams lost, but the Rams are probably, right now, they're probably a better football team. So the Bucks all year have beaten teams that they're better than. And you sprinkle that in with the you know, Packers, maybe the Packers are better than, maybe. But that's why it's just it's not the end of the world. They're still likely to make them play make the playoffs. So let's say they lose one of these games, one of these four games. That's three and one, that's ten and six. They make the playoffs. Let's say they even go two and two. That's nine and seven, and you're likely to make the playoffs. The two teams, actually three teams now, that are pretty much right on your tail are Chicago, who, which, yeah, Chicago's a little bit scarier because they beat you, so they have the head-to-head tiebreaker. But they're sitting at five and five, and they still play Green Bay twice. Uh, I don't know if I like Chicago's chances. Minnesota, who was uh, four and six, and now they're five and six after they beat Carolina the last second. Um, they're five and six. I, I said th- that earlier, I said that this Chiefs game ain't that important. I said the Vikings game is much more important. Obviously, to the, the national media, oh, Bucks versus Chiefs, Mahomes versus Brady, it's important. The Vikings game is much more important in terms of playoffs and playoff implications for this Bucks team. So the Vikings are 5-6, and six, and next they have the Jaguars. They're probably going to beat the Jaguars. So they're going to be coming into Tampa at 6-6. Six and six. The Bucs lose that game, and the Vikings go to 7-6. and six. Not only do the Vikings have the same record, they also now have the head-to-head tiebreaker, and the Vikings just jump them. So that's a game that the Bucs have to have. They have to win that game. And the other team, uh, the 49ers, they're 5-6, they're and six, but they have, I, I believe they have the Rams again. They have the Cardinals. So they got some some games that they'll probably lose. They still have all those injuries. I I don't really think the 49ers are much of a threat. And then you have like the Lions and after that's done. But those, th- those three teams are the main ones. Uh, like I said, worried about Chicago because they're the team that beat you. So they had the head-to-head tiebreaker. But at the same time, even to go 10-6, and six, let's say you go 3-1 and one and they go 10-6, and six, Chicago would have to go 5-1 and one down the stretch. I don't think Chicago is going five and one down the stretch. Minnesota, though, that's an important game. Absolutely, uh, that, that that really is. Like I said, they have Jacksonville next week. Which, if the if the Vikings would have lost today, I would have been like, okay, like it's really not that as as important, right? But the, but they won, so I, I still think it's it's important. So they have Jacksonville, and then they play obviously Tampa, but then they also have Chicago divisional game. New Orleans and Detroit. So you're probably looking at maybe a loss versus New Orleans, maybe versus Chicago. Um, 
But I think that that game, Vikings-Tampa in Tampa, it's a big game. And I think it's bigger than this one right now that we just watched. I think it really is. Um, the Bucks have to win that one because not only if you lose that one, that's three straight losses. That means another team has jumped you now. And that's another NFC loss. That's something you, you can't really handle. So got to win that game. And that one is much more important. But right now, relax like i understand the frustration after losing two games by a combined six points against two pretty good teams both at home on a national stage uh by the same exact score um and uh i, I get the frustration it's just this this team is is going to make the playoffs and I, I understand that people say well you know making the playoffs isn't the goal the goal is the super bowl you're right. Um, the the goal the goal is definitely the Super Bowl. You you said it here not that long ago. You gotta crawl before you can walk. Yeah. You gotta walk yeah. before you can run. Exactly. And one more thing that we have failed to mention up to this point as well about what this means going forward is that the Buccaneers are going into a bye week. They have played twelve yeah. straight weeks of football, and I'll tell you, the first half they looked like a team that had played twelve straight weeks of football. So a much needed bye week coming up for Tampa Bay. And then that very important four-game uh, four stretch that we had kind of covered. Really quickly, before we go any further into this show, I just want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never, ever closes. So make sure you head to BetOnline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline. Your online sportsbook expert. I might get in a little bit of trouble for that one because we were technically supposed to read it in the first five minutes of the show, but it is what it is. We did that earlier this week, so they should be fine with it. But you brought up the possibility, and at this rate, I think the most likely possibility, hate to say it that way, but you brought up this team finishing 10 and 6 and going into the playoffs. Yeah, 10 and 6 gets you the job done, but with this team, and I also know that we just told everybody to calm the hell down. But at 10 and 6, it gets the job done for the first time in 13 years. But with this team, with everything that went into this season, it definitely just feels incredibly underwhelming. Um, well, I mean, we, we both picked them to go 11 and 5. So I, I think it's the way that they've – I guess they – I guess they've lost these well, games. Well, yeah, it's it, the way it's, that they've gotten there. I mean, there yeah. are a couple of game-changing calls from being, you know, two seats higher. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, there's there's frustrating times. Um, to me, the Rams game is just more frustrating than the Chiefs one just because, I mean, the, the, the Chiefs are just so much better than the Bucs. Um, and the Rams, I think, are more or closer to the Bucks level. Uh, and then that's it also an NFC an NFC uh, matchup. So, uh, but then obviously the Chicago game should have never lost that game. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there, there's been, you know, obviously getting blown out by new Orleans, uh, obviously you don't want to do that, but, uh, having a close game, beating the giants, but it, it being close, um, that, that's the type of things I think have just got people sort of underwhelmed a little bit. Um, but I mean, I, I think everybody knew, or at least should have known that it was going to be an uphill battle this year, um, just with the circumstances, and that they did have talent, but it was about putting it together, and they've put it together enough to get to seven and five right now, two games over five hundred on November 29th um, for the first time in a long time. So, um, you know, they, they've they've put it together. Now they got to finish it up, and and they, like you said, they do have this bye week, and then they got four games. So, hopefully, they can put it together. Like I said, if they just go two and two, even. They're, they're yeah. probably making the playoffs, right? It's just, um, I, I think it's it's not going to be easy. Uh, Atlanta is, is playing some pretty good football right now. Absolutely uh, crushed and, Vegas today. Yeah, it's it's very weird. I, I don't know. Because Atlanta's defense just the Raiders, is still bad. man. I think that's yeah, just the type of guess. team they are. Yeah. Um, and then the Vikings are, uh, you know, like they, they, they play tough. Um, they still do play tough, so... They sort of remind me like the Giants. Like they're not that good, but they'll play it tough. Yeah. Um, and then Detroit, um, they're playing 
they're going to be having an interim head coach. So I always say that, and I always think that interim head coaches, the players just play harder for them. So I think that game becomes a little bit tougher. The Bucks are still like the better team out of all four of those games. Detroit's the one they absolutely should win. Yeah, uh, because that's just if they go one and three, my bet would be the one wins against Detroit, uh, just because they're just a mess right now. Uh, but. Yeah, you know, I think it does it is a little underwhelming. Uh, we both predicted them to go eleven and five, but we both predicted them to split with the Saints, uh, beat the Rams, which is two things that didn't happen. Uh, you know, um, beat Chicago, another thing that didn't happen. Uh, handle the Giants, another thing that didn't happen. Obviously, they beat the Giants, but didn't you know handle them really? So. Uh, I think that's the reason it's sort of more underwhelming. But I think also, if you would have told somebody that they were going ten and six before the season, they'd be okay with it. Yeah, no, I get it, and, and that's the clip that you know I had chosen from the BA press conference that you heard at the beginning of the show. You know, it's about building chemistry on the offense, and it's been an uphill battle all season. Um, it's going to happen. You can't just put players on a field and expect them to get a championship. There's time and work that goes into it. We've talked about the process before, and, you know, Evan hit the nail on the head as well. But enough stalling. Let's get into the game. Got some stat lines I want to go over. And, of course, as always, we're going to kick things off with the quarterback, Tom Brady, 27 for 41, 345 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. You said it last week. Tom Brady doesn't play two bad games in a row, and this was not a bad Tom Brady game. Um, let's talk about those two interceptions because those are definitely what jump out the most on the stat sheet. The first Brady pick should have thrown it away, but you know, I know that there's a lot of factors. Pressure is right there. It was in his face. He was jumping in the air as he threw the football. He could not see Scotty Miller, but all he really knew is that he had him one-on-one on the sideline. Defender plays it really well, comes down with a football. Tom's fault. Sure. The second one. And I swear that this shit only happens to Tampa Bay. <laughs> I mean, dude, he chose his well-being here because if he hadn't got rid of the ball sooner, I think his career might have been over. Can we agree on that? That blitz was coming in hot, and he had to get rid of it. Well, he gets rid of it, throws it directly at a lineman's helmet, and where else does it go but into the air for seven seconds so a Kansas City defender can come down with it, set up some blocking lanes, and the rest is history. What did you think of Tom's night? I thought he was okay. Um, yeah, I, he was better tonight than he was versus L.A. Uh, he was much better. Uh, I thought, um, I mean, he put some strikes on those deep balls. Uh, yeah. you can, you can, we, we, can, we can stop talking about that as much now. So, um, you know, the one to Godwin, I mean, he was pressuring right in his face. Just threw it up. Godwin made a fantastic catch, too. Um, but, yeah, that, that one was awesome. But as far as the two picks go, um, I was, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely pin the first one on him more than the second one. Should have just thrown the ball away or not thrown it there. Um, you, you throw it to, you know, if that's a Mike Evans, that's where that's, that's why you throw that type of football. Um, I mean, yeah. So um, I, I think that the second one, like you said, um, kind of uh, unfortunate, lucky break that just, you know, it, it ended up, and not only does it, like you said, it not only does it it not just go down, it pops right up into the air and right in the tire of Matthew's arms. Um, so, I, you know, it's it's tough. Um, uh, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, I thought Matthew was going to return it for, for six maybe, but um, he ended up just sliding. Um but yeah, I mean, like, like, I mean, I texted you. I was like, man, it also doesn't help that that ball float up in the air for ten minutes too. Because, yeah. I mean, that thing just popped right up, and when it does, most likely the defense is coming down with it. So I'll put the the first one on Brady more. Uh, the second one, I think, was just sort of just some some bad luck kind of. So the ball place it wasn't great on that on that second one. He probably just should have you know threw it in the dirt like something but and just live to fight another down but um the thing that hurt the most was that both of them were across the 50 and were in scoring position at least field goal position that that's what hurt the most yeah now while we're talking about brady i want to talk about this offense because that's a heavy narrative coming out of this game is we didn't see this offense really get rolling until they adapted the brady offense the checkdowns the quick passes the things that we saw working against la 
What did you think of that? What did you think of coaching adjustments in this game? Because I think it's safe to say that, you know, coaching kind of failed this team in this game with the game plan that they rolled out. But the adjustments that were made throughout the game were definitely encouraging. But on the offense in particular, you didn't see things rolling until Tom looked more comfortable playing his style of game. What would you think of that? It's funny that, uh, you know, when it's more New England style, it's it's better. So it's yeah, almost who, like who would have thought the guys, are, the guy with yeah. 20 years of playing in that system could possibly go anywhere else and do it well. Right. It's it's almost like they should have been doing it the whole time. Um yeah, there's that. There's a hybrid of that offense, and that that's I think what you saw in, you know, halfway through the second quarter, and then the entire second half. I think that's the hybrid of the offense, and I think that that's where they have to get to, uh, the the hybrid, the mixing of the New England offense and the Bruce Arians offense. I think that's what it is, and it worked. Um, you know, I, I I liked it. I thought that their adjustments were good. You just got off to such a th- uh, slow start. I mean. You know, you got up one first down on your first drive, and then you had three straight three and outs, and you just you can't have three and outs against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you can't really have three and outs, three straight three and outs against really anybody. But when it's a guy like Patrick Mahomes, that just makes it so much more difficult, and it's really unfair to your defense. Obviously, the defense was getting torched. We'll, we'll talk about it, but it was just it was unfair to the defense at first. Just keep, keep having to try it out back out there against you know the best quarterback in the NFL and probably the best offense in the NFL. It, it's to me, it was completely unfair. Um, but again, a slow start is what's killing them, and um, it's just it, it's something that's really really hurt them uh, recently. You know, it hurt them obviously in that New Orleans game on Sunday night, hurt them in the Rams game, hurt them this game. So uh, it's something that they're going to have to improve if they want to even you know beat those those four teams that they got coming up. Now, sticking on the topic of coaching decisions, I want to bring up this other guy on the offense, Ronald Jones, nine carries. 66 yards, one reception, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Probably the play of the year. Aside that was from the so funny to touchdown me. For that Rojo. was so funny to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I, I want to say this. Ronald Jones was on pace for a great game on the ground. They left him out to dry. I understand the situation because it felt like the Bucks were playing down 17 more than they weren't, which I think is a factual statement here. But – you know, we've talked about the middle ground with that Brady offense style, but where is the middle ground with giving up on the run game completely and, you know, using it to get this offense rolling? Because as we've said before, this offense works its best when Ronald Jones is having a great day running the football. And, and over those nine carries, 66 yards, I don't know what else he could have asked from the guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I actually I'm going to applaud the Bucks here a little bit. I thought they they stuck with the run game uh, really the best I've seen them all year when they've been down multiple scores. That's uh, fair. For first half, they had 14 rushing yards total as a team. And then on two plays in the second half, they had 14 rushing yards. And then Jones breaks a couple. Uh, Fournette had a, a few nice ones. They were finally running it on second and third and short when when they should be. Um, so, I, you know, I'll give uh, credit to them there that, um, you know, they're they're running the ball when they should have in the second half and that they didn't completely abandon it like they very well could have. I mean, you know, you could have looked at this and thought of this as like a New Orleans 2.0 because you're like, man, they're down, you know, oh, it's like three scores. They're going to just start throwing the ball and they're not going to run it at all. And, and they, they didn't do that. Um, you know, it was definitely... I think they realized that I think they should have ran it more just because Casey's uh, run defense is not very good. But um, I think they realized that in order to have success, you're going to have to have that sort of run game. And I think they gave up on Rojo a little bit too early. I would like to see him get a little bit more, but they were passing the ball there uh, the last two drives or so they had to ball. Uh, and I knew that they obviously and rightfully so uh, they, they trust Leonard Fournette more than, than Ronald Jones. Shady McCoy actually got in the game. Yeah, right? Uh, and wasn't yeah. even used. Well, yeah, well, they were trying to get the Shady McCoy revenge game. So I guess, man. You know, he, was, he, was with, he was with the Chiefs one, last year. It just one it didn't whole, work. One whole snap, if I remember correctly. One, one snap. It was, yeah. on, it was on like second and goal, I think. Breaks the streak of almost two months, but. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, you know, all streaks, just ask the Undertaker. All streaks are meant to be broken. So, um, yeah, I, I think that. I, I like their usage. I just wish they were used a bit more against this particular defense. Yeah. 
Now, before we talk about the defense, I want to go over some other guys who had big days on that offense and talk about them. Rob Gronkowski, six receptions, 106 yards. The biggest game of Rob's Buccaneers career. Um, but a really, really good job by Gronk tonight. He was making some contested catches, and uh, we saw what we see best from him. Anytime you use 87 in the seam, it's money. Like, I don't know what it is, but you can put Cam right there, and we've seen that it never, ever works. But you can put slow, bumbly, rumbly Rob Gronkowski, and he's going to make something out of nothing. Um, now, another guy on that offense I wanted to go into a little bit more detail about. It's number 14, Chris Godwin. Eight receptions, 97 yards. I'm just going to say it, and I feel this way. I think if this offense used Chris Godwin, or at least targeted him, like he was their number one wide receiver, everything mm -hmm. would just be so much better. In a perfect world, Chris Godwin is being treated like a number one wide receiver because the facts are he's the guy who steps up when we need it every single week, it feels like. Obviously, he's been injured and missed a couple of games, but when we need 1-4 on a big play, he shows up more than anybody else on that offense. Yeah, but I like him in that role. I mean, that's his role. I, I don't, you know, like you're saying, number one receiver. To me, I think his role right now is perfect. A guy that just, you know, is going to move the chains, uh, like a Larry Fitzgerald type, you know, a guy that's not going to have the splashy plays, right? Larry Fitzgerald, you don't see the 45 yard touchdowns from Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to, he's not going to have the splashy plays, but what he is going to do occasionally, obviously, we, you saw it tonight on that deep ball, but uh, what he is going to do is he's going to move the sticks and, and he's going to be reliable. I like Godwin in that role. I think he can catch 100 balls in the slot, uh, you know, just by doing that. He did last year. I mean, obviously, he had some more explosive plays, but the box, but uh, yeah, the Bucks offense was more explosive uh, last year as a whole. So uh, I like Godwin in his role right now. And I think it's, you know, I like, See, we say this every time. You like the way the offensive is trending, but then they just go out and start the next game the same exact way. Right. Um, that that they that got them in the hole. So, um, I I like what they what they did in this game in the second half. I like what I saw outside, obviously the two turnovers. But um, yeah, I, I like the their usage of Goblin right now. I, I really do. Yeah, I, I just think he's a guy on that offense that whenever he is you know, steadily being fed the ball. Everything else just seems to run so smoothly. I mean, kind of in the same breath, you know, the whole Ronald Jones running well on the ground. But you know what I'm trying to say. I'm a big fan of Chris Godwin, as is anybody. And uh, I just think he deserves a little bit more credit out there. He's been, you know, somewhat quiet this year. Yeah, he has battled injuries. This bye week gives him a chance to kind of heal up his finger all the way. So he'll be good to go. So will a lot of the other guys on the fence. Um, Wanted to talk about this defense. And we lead it off with the secondary because I think that was the fastest career game I have ever seen for a wide receiver. Four and a half minutes, and he already had 130 yards. It's Tyreek Hill. Carlton Davis was burnt toast out there. And I think it goes without saying that this was probably the worst game of his career. Not that he had a ton of help, but, I mean, anybody matched one-on-one -on -one with Tyreek Hill, he's going to be hard to beat. And he gave this secondary hell. Pat Mahomes sure did have himself a good time out there, didn't he? Uh, well, what I text you, I was like, Mahomes just must think this is so easy. For like a guy like he, who apparently didn't know how to read off or defenses until last year, dude. Well, well, you all knew we were. Yeah, oh yeah, everybody knew. Like that whole NFL was like, oh, we're we're done now. And he, when he said that, oh, I didn't even know how to read a defense until last year. You had, and you were doing that when you didn't know how to read, know how to read a defense. And oh my god. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a field day. It was like they were at practice and just they were just throwing the ball around, playing second team. Uh, yeah, just just trying to you know just trying to see. Hey, let me try this for a second. I want to see if this works. Um, but just chucking the ball all over the place, and I was literally thinking, I was like, is this this is going to be the entire game? I was yeah, like, they're I gonna have Tyreek Hill. Too. 
I was like, they're going to have Tyreek Hill run goes at Carlton Davis the whole game, and Mahomes is just going to launch it as far as he can, and Tyreek Hill is going to outrun Davis when the ball's in the air. Like, that's what I thought. I thought the whole game was going to be. There was a legit point in this game, and I, don't, I, I know I'm pessimistic, but I'm not this pessimistic. There was a point in this game where I thought the Chiefs were going to drop 50. I was like, they are dropping 50 on this team because there is no answer the Bucks have. The Chiefs were moving the ball at will. And then the Shaq Barrett strip sack came, and that really changed pretty much everything. I mean, it was 17 yeah. nothing, and then the Chiefs scored 10 points after that strip sack. So um, big, big time stop there by, by uh, Barrett. Yeah, and you know, talking about the rest of this defense, there were – Three turnovers the Buccaneers defense forced. One of them was kind of a throwaway. Pat obviously knew that he had a free play. The other one was a pretty good heads-up play from Sean Murphy bunting that I don't think Pat Mahomes intended to be intercepted, but that was uh, that was the Jason Pierre-Paul controversial roughing the passer penalty. Um, what did you make of those turnovers? Well, you know, the one turnover, but... A common theme that I saw was just pressure. Like when pressure was able to get there, which I think they did a fairly good job of doing. It's just Pat Mahomes is Pat well, Mahomes. after after like after well, there was three drives where they didn't touch him, and yeah. then like that fourth drive, they finally started to get to him. Yeah, yeah. But what did you make of you know just the defensive game plan, how they went out there and executed, and and all of that good stuff? Well, I think the game plan definitely hurt that Jamal Dean wasn't out there. Yeah. Uh, just the simple fact, Dean is faster than Davis, and Dean would have been on Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying that Dean wouldn't have given up those plays, but he would have had a better shot of not giving up those plays. Uh, Carlton Davis ran a four five eight forty. Tyreek Hill ran like a four two nine or something like that, um, and Jamel Dean ran like a four three five. I mean, it's just you know, it, it's just simple simple physics. Um, just sort of like physical traits. It's just, it's it's simple, and I think that if they had Jamal Dean in this game, that that's who they would have lined up there. Um, they didn't, and it showed. Especially, I mean, I also thought the safeties. I don't know what their game plan was. Antoine Winfield, Mike Edwards, they got burned for two deep balls. Tyreek Hill, Davis just had no help. I don't know if that was the design. If that was the design, that's an awful game plan. Yeah, you you can't Hill. play single high safety against an offense like Kansas City. You just can't. Yeah. And they just they did it too much in the in the first half. They just did it way too much, and they uh, they were trying to blitz too much. I think in the second half they sort of started started to rely on their their four their their four guys getting there a little bit more. Um, Which I think we saw more pressure than usual. Um, yeah, you know if I have to from from, them on from anything, just rushing four. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, whenever they were just rushing four, it, it definitely seemed like. Also, the Chiefs' offensive line was holding the, the entire game. Oh, dude, and 78 nobody, in particular was just beating the hell out of everybody. Nobody wants to call a, a, a darn thing uh, until that one drive where, like, penalty <laughs> after penalty after penalty after penalty. Um, yeah, it was weird. Um, so Jason Pierre-Paul roughing the passer, which essentially, yeah, it would have been a pick of Mahomes at a stat line, which would have been cool because he's only thrown two in the year. So it would have been like, oh, you picked off Mahomes, cool. Um, it was essentially a punt. Like that's why even Mahomes' interceptions are smart. Like he knew that like that play, it was third down. He, he threw it up in the air. It was a punt. Murphy Bunt, Murphy Bunt had caught it at the 13. Yeah, it, it wasn't like, like they got any more yardage <laughs> than they would have with a you know a fair catch on a bad punt. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and then obviously it is. I mean, that's roughing the passer. What I didn't like was it seemed that the ref that was standing right there was not the one who threw the flag. And it seemed like Mahomes was sort of lobbying for it, and then he gets the flag thrown. I didn't, I didn't like that. He's the golden boy. At this rate, dude. No. Are not, you telling me that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have enough swing to get a couple of calls every now and again? Sure, but I'm not going to. I don't think he's the golden boy. Um, oh, man. I think those days have passed Brady on, and I think Mahomes is I, the is the I new. Don't think, I don't think. Look, look at that fumble from uh, last week's game versus LA, and you tell me Brady ain't the golden boy right. uh, because that thing was a fumble, uh, and they called it not a fumble. So um, Tuck rule you know, strikes I, I, again. <laughs> um, so I mean, he's just Mahomes is a there is there the entire offense is next level. Uh, they're doing things on that Kansas City offense that no other offense in the league is doing. And it just looks so easy. <laughs> they, they make it look so easy, and it's not. 
Like it is not that easy. And I, I thought the Bucks played hard, especially in the second half. But the first half, you you can't get down seventeen nothing. You, you can't expect to win. You know, against the defending Super Bowl champions, or even if you're against the four win football team, you can't expect to win. You get down seventeen to nothing right away, and that's what they did. And this is, I mean, we all knew that when Mahomes got the ball back with four minutes left or whatever after the Bucks got it twenty seven twenty four, the Bucks weren't getting the ball back. Yeah, uh, that just that wasn't gonna happen. Um, so. You know, maybe a misuse of timeouts. I think the Bucks should have taken their timeouts a little bit earlier. I mean, not earlier, a little bit later. I think they should have saved them a little bit closer to the two-minute warning. But nonetheless, it didn't really matter. Well, um, he got the first down anyway. So That's actually what I wanted to follow up with as we kind of close things out here. You know, we brought up a couple of coaching decisions tonight. That one seemed the most jarring of the evening was the usage of those three timeouts with four minutes left on the clock. It just really didn't seem like, I don't know, me personally, I'm not a head coach, but it didn't seem like there was any good reason to use them just yet. Yeah, they <laughs> should have waited a little bit longer because you still had the two-minute warning. I don't know if Bruce just forgot about that, but like it, it just it definitely seemed premature. And, you know, I get that you want to trust your defense, but in the same breath, it's Pat Mahomes, man. Like, it's, it's just... <sighs> I don't know. What what did you make of it and, and I guess BA's decision in that moment to to not use those timeouts? Yeah, like I said, I just think you should have um so so are you talking right before the half? I think that's what you're talking about. Right no, now. no, no, no. I'm talking no? about the last talking about the end of the I game. Right well, yeah, the... I, I thought they they, they they should have yeah, they should have just waited later. Just waited later and see if you could have gotten maybe an incomplete pass. Um, and then complete pass stops the clock, and you know you have you can save your timeout. Uh, timeout to me, actually having the timeout is more valuable than spending the timeout um, to me for your offense to go to work. Uh, you know, once the offense, you know, once they have zero timeouts, I mean, the Bucks called. They had three timeouts, and they called a timeout on offense, and I was like, eh. Like, I, I always like to have my three timeouts for as long as I possibly can. Yeah. In, in a just football in game, case, yeah. just in case you're in a. You know, super duper crunch time situation, which the Bucks would have been in anyways had they gotten the ball back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I mean, before the half, I saw a lot of people. They're like, "Oh, why didn't you use your timeouts to, you know, to to get more time for your offense to to come back?" Like, listen, you didn't want Pat Mahomes on the field any longer than he had to be. Yeah, why would you? Why would you do that? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. And I mean, uh, I'm gonna call you out. I saw you on Twitter saying it. Um, you were sort of questioning it too, of why you know you wouldn't use your timeouts. Before they the had half? they had three, yeah, before the half. I could pull up the tweet right now. Oh no, you no, no, no. you're right, you're right, you're right. My bad. My okay, bad. <laughs> I was about it, to was say. A, it was it was a so heat funny. of the moment thing. I get a little emotional, and that's why we like to record a little bit after the games. Yeah, I mean, just just take a look at Rhett's, you know, Twitter. Twitter thing. I guess that's. I get a lot more vulgar on Twitter than I do here on the show. So if you're gonna I follow mean, me, just kind of keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, Rhett told him to pack it up. So. Oh, dude, I did. Because, well, because you and I were texting back and forth, and you're like, "Oh, forty-five to seven, final score," and I hit you with the no, forty-five to three. They're not getting a touchdown <laughs> this game. It, um, from the early going, it is shocking yeah. to any NFL team to be down seventeen to fucking zero. So I, you know, it's one of those things to say. You know, oh, every, everybody was overreacting, but like, were we really? Because it's not like we hadn't seen this before. Kansas City's the best team in the league. And when you're down 17 to zero in a game like that in the first quarter and Tyreek Hill gets 200 yards in the blink of an eye. Well, you know, you're going to overreact maybe a little bit. So let me defend my case. Also, and everybody else who was cussing on Twitter. I thought it was a lock that that dude was getting the NFL record for most catching yards. Yeah, <laughs> for most receiving yards in a Ro- game. Romo, they were they were joking about it in the booth. They're like, "Yep, yeah, he's only on pace for a thousand yards in this one." Yeah, I mean, so most receiving yards in a game is Flipper Anderson with three hundred and thirty-six. Oh, dude, I thought okay. he was going over four fifty. Uh, I do. I like I said. I thought they were just gonna run goes the whole game, and he was just gonna catch them every time. That's what, that's what I legit thought was gonna happen. So three thirty six, and Tyreek Hill had uh, thirteen catches for two sixty nine. So um, Kelsey eight for eighty two. They contained Kelsey. I thought decent though. Yeah, uh, there were a couple of plays. Like there was yeah. one that they had given it to him. It was towards the end of the yeah. game. Yep. Yeah. But um. 
so so yeah so yeah, so Rhett, Rhett, Rhett tweets way to not use those three timeouts so that was the tweet i was referring to um and then you know so yeah uh, that that i didn't have an issue with that i'm not taking those timeouts before the half um before we get out of here though i have two shout outs one good one bad let's do it um the good, I'll, I guess I'll start with the good. Shout out to Donovan Smith uh, for gutting it out. He didn't practice at one lick uh, this week. He was in a and, boot when he showed yeah, up today. He was in a boot when he showed up to the stadium, and Bruce Arians thought he was only going to play a half, and he ended up playing the entire game. So everybody wants to crap on him. Um, but, yeah, shout out to him. Uh, I know he technically gave up his seventh sack, even though Worfs was the one that got beat first. Um, it's just that donovan's guy got to brady first but yeah. before Worf's guy did they both met at the quarterback um so everybody will point that out everybody that wants to be like ignorant will point that out but uh kudos to him he didn't have to he could have said oh yeah though the plan for me is to play a half all right cool um or he could have showed up and said look man i'm still in this boot i ain't playing like you know i i don't know if i even would have played i would have been like dude i'm i'm in this boot for a reason like i am not playing in this football game with, with the bye week coming up i am not playing in this football game uh and potentially injuring it more so kudos to him uh quick shout out to the donovan smith and um so I'll uh, speaking of Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet was a little off today. I think. Yeah, um, I, I don't it, know what I, I mean. I, I, get I it. it's it's rust. I, I get yeah. it. I'll yeah, I'll give a pass. Um, hasn't played in like four weeks. So yeah, but he had two holding calls. One was uh called back a Ronald Jones nice run, and and another one I think I forget what it called back, but yeah, it was not characteristic, uncharacteristic. The, by, the by, one that I remember in particular, I think it was the Ronald Jones run that got negated, but he was fielding a double team. Yeah, and like he did a pretty damn good job of fielding that double team. He opened up the lane for Ronald Jones to kind of bump around the left side and they called it holding on his left hand, which, to be honest with you, I was kind of at the point where it's like, well, what the hell else do you want the guy to do? I yeah. personally thought it was a little tick tacky, but yeah, but I mean, he held him. I mean, to I me, I mean, there's holding on every play. Yeah, I know, but he, I mean, he just I, it just he grabbed him. I mean, no, I, get I it. think they're just going to. So. And my second shout-out is a bad shout-out. It's an awful shout-out. Mm-hmm. You ready? I think so. CBS, you suck. Ooh. Okay? You suck. What did they okay? do to you? They, they, they suck. That's what they did. What I, time was this game supposed to be on? 425 was the kickoff. Mm, then why did I miss the Chiefs' first drive completely? Because they were airing commercials the whole time. Are you kidding me? On your end? Yeah. I See, so here's what happened to my broadcast was I was watching the Colts game. Yeah. Um, I was watching. It was Colts-Titans. Yeah. And uh, I, I was watching that. had a little thing jump up on my screen. said, due to NFL contract uh, agreements, which was really weird wording for it, but... We're going to take you away from this game to go to Buccaneers Chiefs. Nope. Okay. Well, nope, 425 for me, I go in and I see the broadcast. I see Romo in the booth. Nope. Um, yeah, that that's incredible because I have to so, imagine if it's a region thing, you weren't the only one missing out on that first drive. No, no. There was a lot of people. I, I, I had tweeted it a, a lot. I was like, dude, CBS is still – it was six minutes. Three uh, – three. 431 is when I the, the game came on. God damn. Four – 431 is when that game came on and I was even tweeting it. Um let's see. I said yeah, I said CBS still this is at 429. I said CBS still has not switched to the Bucks game. I turned CBS on after having Red Zone on. I turned CBS on at like 422 and they were showing uh the Titans uh Colts game there was a like two minutes left which was a two possession game by the way yeah, it so was, it's the not game like they over. can't it's not yeah. like they can't pull away from the decided game to you know make sure yeah. you get kickoff on time or anything exactly yeah the, the, the game was completely over and then you know the Titans started uh kneeling boom that okay the game went final it was 425 or whatever when the game went final 426 dude they ran four straight minutes of commercials they didn't even do any post-game analysis for that game Four straight minutes of commercials. I'm following. I didn't see the 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 only play that I saw live with my own eyes. The first play that I saw on that Kansas City drive was the third and goal that they didn't get. That was the first thing I saw. That's a I didn't shame. see and I didn't see anything. So CBS, awful job by you. Just uh, completely awful job. Wow. 
Yeah, I had no idea, but sorry to hear about that, man. That really does suck. And I will then say, I, I I tweeted, I said, ladies and gentlemen, CBS has put the game on only six minutes after it was supposed to. <laughs> Damn, dude. You, you know, and it's funny because I was watching the pregame and I was watching the end of um, of Titans Titans Colts, and I was like. You know, they really like waiting till last minute to make sure they get the game on. And in my region, they got the game on in time. But, you know, the only good thing about CBS that I prefer over Fox is Tony Romo. The rest yeah. of it I can do without. So with that being said, I'm definitely a Fox on NFL guy. You know, cut away from a game that's decided to do a little bit of pregame. Fuck it. Give me the team running out of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Like, give me something. You don't have to start just, with kickoff. It didn't make but. any sense to me. And I was I was sitting there, and like I was like, there's a minute and a half left in this game, and it is 423. I was like, they are not getting this game done and over to Tampa at 425. I was like, what are they doing? And I, I left the room, came back. It was 427. They were playing commercials. I was like, what is going on here? Like, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, Patrick Mahomes to Tyree Kill for forty yards on the first play. Would love to see it. Like, I don't I, like. I was like, what is happening? I was like, are you kidding me? Was, well, that's just an awful, awful job. And obviously, you know, like I said, six minutes afterwards, you missed the basically the entire first Chiefs drive. So if you weren't local, you likely missed the entire Chiefs first drive. Damn, that sucks. I tell you what, CBS needs a new program director and. And you definitely need to be the guy to fill that hole. All right, let's do it. Call me up. Campaign, ladies and gentlemen, call up CBS. Tell them Evan Wanish, the Philly Bucks fan himself. That's how you have to introduce him. Yeah. He is going to be their new program director. Say it himself, too. You have to say himself. (laughs) The Philly, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you, you pretty much know him, the Philly Bucks fan himself. Yeah. The guy. Himself. The dude. That dude. Yeah. He's the dude. The dude for the job. That's right. I think we've just about covered everything that we need to from this Kansas City game. Remember what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Seven and five. The ship is not sinking. The Buccaneers are two games over 500. And their playoff destiny is still in their hands. They got the bye week coming up. Four-game stretch after that. And dare I say it, a four-game stretch that... Personally, I think if they're the team we want them to be, and I think... They're going to be saying this to themselves at one buck over the bye week as well, but I think they have to win out. Like, yeah, 10 and 6 gets the job done, but you already swept Carolina. I know sweeping division rivals is hard, but I think the Falcons Not to New can Orleans. be swept. Not to do, yeah. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I, had, I had to throw All right. That well, down, so you know I, what? Forget, I, every, I had to. forget I everything had to. I was saying. That's All just probably going to do it. Evans, Evans quickly, pissed though. me off. I'm mad now. Quickly, 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 quickly. Before you give up, before you before piss you give me off anymore. Yeah, well, that's what I'm here for. So, um, yeah, yeah, you're already angry. I'm just here to make it more angry. Uh, so, basically, uh, let's let's do a, a quick rundown here. Just quick, four games. What is their record in those four games? Oh, you're asking me right now? Yeah, right off the top of your head. It could change, but right now, right now, at this time, what is what is their their record in those four games? Four and zero, oh, baby. Okay, three, well, three and one is the right answer, but <laughs> four and zero. So yeah. you're assuming they lose one of the division games, right? I think they'll lose to Atlanta once. Yeah, I'll tell you what'll make it all that more disappointing is if they do win three in a row and they lose that final one at home. Yeah, that kind of suck. Oh, yeah, dude. you you want to win that last one at home? Yeah. You make the playoffs and everybody on Twitter is talking about fire the coaches and everything. Ten and six here. God, that was <laughs> terrible. Wait, be a fire of the coaches as you're getting ready for a playoff game exactly. the next weekend. <laughs> exactly. Folks, we love you. We love rooting for this team, and we love doing this show. So we try to jump well, on here with a level head and just take an objective look at this football team. I wanted to give a shout, as we're giving a bunch of shout-outs here, I wanted to give a shout to our guy Kevin on YouTube. He commented on our Thanksgiving show, and he's like, I really love the way that you guys take an objective look at this team and you don't overreact to you know outside sources or just anything that you hear outside of the realm of Bucks news, you know, your first takes, your um, your Stephen A. Smith, just your Max Kellerman's, all that BS. Um, tune out the noise. Listen to your Bucks circle of media this week, and I guarantee you everything will be fine. I think we'll see some adjustments out of the bye week. I think this team's going to put the work in to try and come out better. And me personally, I'd like to believe they go 4-0. Okay. Okie doke. Okay. I mean, right. hey, I mean, yeah. I, well, what can I expect more from the internal optimist? I there mean, I was go. shocked if you, if you go back and look when we do our Kansas City game predictions, and he picks against he picked the Chiefs, and I was just shocked. 
first time this year that I've picked against the Bucks. So I guess yeah. that makes me like uh, even in, in your season predictions, I'm you picked them to go. You, you picked them to go eleven and five, but you, like even like in in season our predictions, you picked them to win every game. <laughs> <laughs> if, if if they were if if they were doing like picks or whatever, the Bucks right now are eleven and one. Well, so. damn it! With the Kansas City game wrapping up the way that it did, I am eight and three on my picks this year, so I will take it. I'm uh, I think I'm, I think I was one better than you, so I think I'm maybe nine and two. Oh, okay. I think maybe. Right. I, I think. Whatever. I'm not sure. Both. Wait, wait. There's been twelve games. So how can we be eight and three and nine and two? That equals eleven. So, oh. You have to figure that out then. Okay. There's maybe I'm maybe games. I'm nine and three then. There it I'm is. I'm not sure. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'm ten and two. I think I might be nine and three, and you might be eight and four. No, I think you're full of it. Somebody, okay. it, listen. If you've got the time <laughs> on your hands, because I know I'm not going to do it. If you want to go back and like watch the last ten minutes of every game preview show we've done, get those final scores tallied up, and uh, y'all let me know. But if you don't want to do it, it's also it's a okay because, like I said, I don't really want to do that either. The fact of the matter is, Just Buccaneers. Go do it, please. What's up? No, I was just saying to a fan, just go do it. <laughs> Not necessarily you, Rip, but you know. Doesn't if, if matter I'm... what our record predictions are. The fact of the matter is the Buccaneers are seven and five with the bye week ahead and a favorable four game stretch to finish things up. Folks, that's just about gonna do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening on any and all of our podcast outlets, and of course checking us out with video over on YouTube. And if you haven't already, make sure you click the subscribe button. Click that bell icon as well so you get notified anytime we upload a video, um, upload a new podcast, go live with the call-in shows, whatever it may be. All the cool-ass content that we've got on our YouTube, you can check it out and get notified with that little bell icon. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to get updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens... You can follow my co-host on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on IG with 25,000 plus followers. And you can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL, where he doesn't have nearly as many followers and he will not follow you back. But I'll tell you what, if anybody's feeling generous enough to lob me 10 followers on Twitter this week, I might just hit 1K. There we go, baby. You can check me out on oh Instagram and Twitter at Reticus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back you're shaking your head are you upset because you know you didn't play the long game and follow everybody back (laughs) no i'm fine (laughs) i'm good i'm good it's not uh, whatever i i you know when you look at like an instagram account and i see this on instagram the most i'm like okay like yeah i have like on my personal account i have like 300 followers or so i'm like okay like and somebody says to me oh i have more followers than you but they follow they have like, seven thousand yeah. people. Let, let, let's say they have like six hundred followers. I'm like, dude, you're following three thousand people. Like, I'm fo- I'm following a hundred less than I'm actually than my follower count. Like, what are you talking about? When you follow seven thousand people, I hope you have five hundred people that like you enough to follow you back. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'll tell you what. If you're following seven thousand people and I am one of them, I will definitely follow you back. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, that's going to wrap this episode up. Thank you for listening. We might do a show Thursday. We might do a show Monday. I don't know. We'll talk about it after the show. Might not do a show at all. Yeah, it's the bye week. We might just take the week off and ignore you. But we definitely got something in the works for the bye week. We're going to talk about it once we hit the record button to end this thing. But with all of that said, I am Rhett Matthews signing off from my good buddy and co-host Evan Wanish. And we will talk to you guys whenever we talk to you. Go box. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.